This is Strange Assembly, episode 314. The Black Hand playing the Sabbat. I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. Talking today about the Black Hand playing the Sabbat. So we note that this is a Storyteller's Vault supplement for Vampire the Masquerade. So that means that this is not an official book. This is a third-party book. We don't do a lot of reviews of those here. But I've had a specific request for a podcast on this book and a specific request for more vampire content for the YouTube channel. And so I'm here to look at this one. Now, there is an official Sabbat book for Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition. But that book is for using the Sabbat exclusively as an antagonist. This left a good number of old-school Vampire the Masquerade players who were Sabbat fans who wanted rules on how to play the Sabbat in 5th edition. And that is, as the title would indicate, exactly what this is, right? It's the Black Hand playing the Sabbat. And note that although this is a Storyteller's Vault product, it is written by some of the same authors who wrote the actual official V5 book. Now, for the most part, playing the Sabbat tries to present a way to use the Sabbat as protagonists while still being consistent with what the Sabbat are in V5. So this is not an effort to recreate the Sabbat of years gone by, although you could use the mechanics to do that. The sort of mechanical holes that need to be filled to play the Sabbat as protagonists in V5 are, are one, rules for Valdry and the Vinculum, rules for Path of Enlightenment, and to some extent rules for other rituals. Playing the Sabbat hits all of those, plus a few more. First, let's talk about Paths of Enlightenment and and leaving humanity. The basics of paths are, are honestly kind of obvious, in part because of the way that normal morality isn't really hardwired into the humanity system in V5. If there's no chronicle tenet, that is violated by torture, murder, or other brutality, a character is not going to get stains for those actions. So if you just make chronicle tenets that are based on Sabbat ideals that you want to emphasize, that will strip out of the game a lot of what we might think of when we think about humanity. Then characters can date convictions based on whatever paths of enlightenment that they're on. And that's the book does this. That's kind of basic. You can do that within the existing rules framework. But then playing the Sabbat goes a bit beyond that. Characters on paths will replace touchstone mortals with touchstone rituals. So touchstones still exist as a possible source of stains. Remember, along with embracing mortals, blood bonding mortals, committing diablery, or some disciplines, Messing with touchstones is the other thing that is kind of a built-in stain generator. Replacement of mortal touchstones and convictions can happen gradually over play, but given how most Sabbat games work, I would expect that characters will often just be created who meet the requirements to go into a path and just start on that path. Stains, as used in playing the Sabbat, still reduce a quote-unquote humanity rating, although conceptually this doesn't represent humanity anymore, it represents a sense of self. Characters on a path will basically never fall into wassail as they 
just end up taking willpower damage instead of ever using that last odd of humanity. Thematically, this system ends up a bit of a muddle. There are things that work. The path is part of your sense of self. The sabbat is another part of your sense of self. So you can lose your sense of self by deviating from sabbat ideals and social structures, but you can mitigate that by acting based on your path. But I'm not sure what it means conceptually for a character to take stains because they allow a touchstone ritual to be disrespected. I'm not sure why thematically being on a path would stop you from using your last thought of humanity when you're gaining stains based on things unrelated to humanity anyway. At least it makes sense with regards to Diablery. And I'm not sure why blood bonding or embracing mortals would make a vampire on a path lose their sense of self and thus take stains and possibly lose humanity. But at least it mechanically functions. So I mentioned the paths and characters taking convictions based on the paths. Playing the Sabbat provides information on five paths, but not exactly the same five paths that are in the official book, Sabbat the Black Hand. The paths of Cain, Cathari, Power in the Inner Voice, and Death in the Soul make appearances here. The Thin Blood-specific Path of the Sun does not appear, but that was presented in the main Sabbat book as kind of being a halfway path anyway. What does appear here is the Path of Lilith. Each of these paths gets a little bit less than two pages dedicated to it, with more flavor information suggested, options for touchstone rituals, suggested path convictions, suggested path convictions, a path compulsion, and new advantages unique to the path. So the path compulsion comes into play if the character is getting damaged by losing their last dot of humanity, and it can also be used in place of whenever the clan compulsion would come up. The new advantages, there are five for each path. They range from one to three dots, and the character can only purchase an advantage if they have at least as many path convictions as that dot cost. In general, these advantages will benefit the entire pack. For example, a vampire on the path of Cain can take advantages that let them and the other pack members communicate telepathically, hide from technological surveillance, prevent supernatural detection, or enhance the benefits of Diablery. The inclusion of the path of Lilith here seems like a bit of an oddity. There was a conscious decision made to, other than this path, stick to the paths presented in the official Sabbat book, rather than reintroducing the plethora of paths and roads that have existed over the years in prior editions of Vampire. But they did add this one in. There's even a comment in this book that the Path of Lilith is growing in the Sabbat, which is a contradiction of what is presented in the main Sabbat book, where the Path of Lilith is shown as a quote-unquote forsaken path that is of diminished importance in the Sabbat. The main Sabbat book points out that one of the struggles for the Path of Lilith is there is this complicated and antagonistic relationship between the Path of Lilith and the Cain-centric Sabbat. But the discussions of the Path of Cain in playing the Sabbat actually praise Lilith. My rank speculation here is that the authors happened to like the Bihari and decided to fit it in here. And that's fine. I happen to also like Lilith and the Bihari as well, but it does stand out in this book. So that's Paths of Enlightenment and Humanity. So what about the other big, big thing, the Valdery? 
and how does the Valdery work and how does the vinculum work and how do, do pacts come together? Because in a lot of ways, the Valdery is the heart and soul of the Sabbat. It breaks normal blood bonds and then creates this new communal blood bond between the members of the pack. The rules presented here are, are fairly straightforward. Participating in the Valdery with your pack creates a weak vinculum blood bond, and participating in more can increase the strength of that. There are caps on that strength, and it's also pretty egalitarian. It's even-handed across the pack. Some of the older editions had some mechanics where it would go up or down or affect different members of the pack differently and required more bookkeeping. That is not used in playing the Sabbat. There are also some rituals presented that can kind of enhance the Valdery and the Vinculum temporarily, such as one that does send everyone for a single night to that maximum level 6 blood bond, and another one that creates a permanent low-level blood bond with an anointed leader of the group. Now, that's not going to be a pack leader. That would be, you know, like the leader of the Sabbat in the city or something like that. The Valdery is presented along with broader rules for packs, which would replace the normal coterie rules, although this is mostly just a question of different advantages. Sabbat have an arena instead of a domain, and they buy dots in Rove, Clout, and Grasp. More dots in Rove means more territory, and a harder time for enemies to detect the pack. Clout makes it easier to call upon other Sabbat for aid, Grasp makes it easier to mess with mortals within the Pax arena. There are an array of pack types presented as well. Like coterie types, these are mostly just suggestions, but at least they have names that are easier to remember. Names like hacktivists and paladins and ritualists. Each pack type does go along with one of these ignoblis ritae, and that has a mechanical benefit. The hacktivists, for example, have infiltrated some local government networks, while paladins have stronger vinculum bonds with vampires when the two vampires serve the same patron. Of course, packs like coteries can have other advantages or disadvantage, and the Sabbat have always tended to use communal havens, so there are more advantage and disadvantage options for your haven. Your haven might be infested with vermin, it might have a sanctum for performing rite, an interrogation room, that sort of thing. Beyond Valdery, playing the Sabbat also includes mechanics for other Sabbat rite that were mentioned but not mechanically detailed in Sabbat the Black Hand. This includes creation rites, fire dancing, monomancy, the whole bunch of things. One really important one is the creation rights, because it really plays into the book systems for quickly going on a path, giving you some extra in-game justification for why a starting character is already on a path. Also introduced are a series of numinous rite, which are of a much more mystical bent than the other ones, and they are gated behind lore sheets and a special background. They're intended to be rarely used. They inflict aggravated willpower damage on the participants of the Rite. They require actual expensive material components. They can never be used more than once per story, but then they have bigger story effects. They can bring vampires out of torpor. They can create enchanted weapons. 
enhance the benefits gained from diablerie, that sort of thing. So that is the sort of basic you have to have it for Sabat stuff. But like I said, there is additional mechanical information in here. There are new predator types. So most of the time, you can actually kind of skip predator types in hunting with the Sabat. It's actually a suggestion that, hey, most of the time, the Sabat are just going to hunt in a group. And it's just kind of treated as an automatic but messy success, you know. But you can go off and hunt alone. And more importantly, you do have to select a predator type as part of character creation. These predator types, however, are pretty distinct mechanically from the ones presented in the book because they give you an extra discipline dot. There's kind of a downside in that you lose more humanity from these predator types in exchange for that extra discipline, but most of the time, these Sabbat characters are going to want to start with lower humanity so they can immediately go onto a path. So it's not really a drawback, and these are essentially just more powerful than the predator types that come in the, the normal core book. They're also, to some extent, kind of Sabbat versions of the core book types. For example, there's the Scavenger, who's kind of like the bagger, as in it's the, this is the predator type for I go and I get my blood from otherwise unsuitable sources. There's the hedonist, who's kind of the sabbat version of the siren, right? You're going out and you're having the party time feeding. So they're not a necessary element of it, but they work well with the way that the paths of enlightenment are structured in this book and probably people will probably be jazzed to get extra disciplines of character creation which is a callback to how the sabbat used to get extra disciplines and character creation in prior editions in addition to that there are new discipline powers there's a lot of space to be explored in v5 with the option to have many power choices at each discipline thought level and v5 frankly so far has not done a lot of that Playing the Sabbat includes 23 new discipline powers as well as seven new blood sorcery rituals. Note that as compared to the core book options, the options presented here are relatively likely to be amalgams or to have prerequisites. I'm not going to go over all of them, but some of the ones that I found interesting included bestial spirits, which lets you drive a small number of nearby weak mortals into the equivalent of a frenzy the excellently titled Bring It On, which is a presence power that forces nearby enemies to try to attack you instead of other targets. Not only do I like the title and the thematics of it, but it's an interesting way to play with presence as, yeah, I use presence, but also I want to take the beating in combat instead of the, oh, I'm the schmoozy social presence person who then hides behind the gangrel when the fight starts. I suspect that Many Sabbat fans will like Flens, which is a protean dominate amalgam, which is the flesh-crafting version of a high-powered protean combat discipline. It increases damage, the damage isn't halved, and it might inflict crippling injury conditions. Honestly, it's, it's too good. I can't say that I really miss over-the-top vicissitude combat powers, but if you're the sort of person who wants to play the Sabbat, you may have a hankering for exactly that sort of thing. I also love lore sheets. Playing the Sabbat has 18 new ones. Many of these are pack lore sheets, which can only be purchased with pack dots and mostly represent working with or for a particular high-ranking member of the Sabbat. 
I really like this idea of a communal lore sheet. Honestly, this is something that they should immediately start using in official V5 books. I mean, they'd be coterie lore sheets there, but they should immediately start using that to represent some common mentor or some common cause or purpose that the coterie has. It's a great idea. And 10 of the new lore sheets are that. The other options are a little bit broader. Many of them are not actually necessarily Sabbat lore sheets. There's a Dirty Secrets of the Black Hand, which is specifically focused on non-Sabbat because it allows that character to have friendly interaction with the sect. It is also, by the way, the only reference you're going to get in this book to the true hand if you're a fan of the sort of you know, 17 different evolving sub-sects and versions and who's infiltrating who and who's really the black hand that they had going on in some of the earlier editions of the Sabbat and related factions. There's a lore sheet called Lilith the Dark Mother, which is essentially another Bahari lore sheet. I'd like to see that. Again, I can only assume that the authors of the book are fans of Lilith. There's a lore sheet for House Goratrix, which is a bit odd. So House Goratrix is not really Sabbat anymore, as presented in the official books and as represented here. It does, in here, represent Goratrix herself as being a member of the Sabbat. This, for those of you who have been around Vampire the Masquerade for a while, may seem odd, because Goratrix is not alive, or even undead, and not a woman. So I'm not sure exactly what inverted retcon, I don't know what, of Goratrix is here. There's a lore sheet for Vykos, who's a popular NPC. You see lore sheets for the uh, Brodovich and Xantosa Revenant families. These are not Sabat only, but it's Sabat or Zimitsi. There's an Oaxaca Diaries. It's kind of like the recent political meeting version of some of the, you know, I was there at the Convention of Thorns. You were there and know about the Sabat's decision to abandon its old ways and enter the Gehenna Wars. There's also the Throne of Sabat. There's also the Throne of Cain, which is the uh, I want to be a powerful Sabat and lead the group. I, it's kind of generic, but I, I suspect that it'll get used a lot by people who don't have some other more distinctive option. There's also non-mechanical contact, because of course most of a vampire book is fluff, not crunch, and Plain Sabat is not just a collection of mechanics. One addition here that cuts a bit against the presentation in Sabat, the Black Hand, is an extensive section on anti-tribu. The main book, Sabat the Black Hand, rejected almost any significance of clan and the Sabat, so there's an awful lot for them to be able to pretty readily write here on that topic. And playing the Sabat spends about a dozen pages on this, not just the Prime 13 clans, but also things like the Salubri and the Thinbloods. These are your unreliable narrator, first-person presentations from members of whatever the particular anti-clan is. There's also a few more pages on Sabat Chronicle themes and discussion on the use of safety tools within the context of Sabat Gavens. Given that Sabbat games tend to be pretty heavy on the over the top violence and gore and possibly other mature content. So, overall, The Black Hand playing the Sabbat does a professional job of laying out the basic information needed for using the Sabbat as protagonists in V5. It stays mostly consistent with the V5 presentation of the Sabbat, so this isn't going to satisfy those who want V5 mechanics to describe the Sabbat of prior editions. 
But for those looking to play V5 Sabat, the book covers all of the basics and does it well. But for those looking to play V5 Sabat, the book covers all the bases and it does it well. In some ways, the heart of the content feels basic because in a lot of ways it is. It's not like this material was left out of the official Sabat book because it was too complicated, right? It was left out for brand management reasons. But these basics are vital to play as the Sabat. Maybe you can get away without mechanics for most rituals, but you've got to have the Valdery mechanics and you've got to have something to replace your supplement. The humanity system and playing the Sabat gives you that. There is some material for non-Sabat games. You could use the discipline powers, some of the lore sheets. There's some gear detailed in the book. Personally, I liked the extra helping of Lilith. And personally, I was kind of perplexed by the changes to Goratrix, but I mean, both of those are entirely personal preferences. Ultimately, though, despite this material, I doubt that most folks are going to look at Blackhand playing the Sabbat as anything other than a way to, you know, play the Sabbat. But if you do want to play V5 Sabbat as protagonists, then this is a great way to start. You've been listening to Strange Assembly, your tabletop gaming podcast. You can find us on the web at strangeassembly.com. You can subscribe to this podcast there in the Apple Podcast app, Amazon, Google Play, whatever your podcatching service is, we should be on it. If we are not on your favorite podcatching service, please let me know so I can fix that situation. You can reach me at chris at strangeassembly.com. You can also find us at the usual social media. We're facebook.com slash strangeassembly and at strangeassembly on Twitter. Always like to hear from you and your thoughts and suggestions. But until then, I'm Chris Stevenson, and this is Strange Assembly. Never stop gaming.